The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms. And as such, it may not be appropriate for young children, men's rights activists, or my mother. Mom, I know you want to be supportive of my endeavors, but seriously, stop and walk away. Listener discretion is advised. podcast about wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sir Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. And yeah, things have been busy and remain busy this week. God, yes. Oh, God, so busy. (laughs) First, the business that we support greatly. This is the Esquire Bar on Turner Street, one block north of Grand River in Old Town Lansing. Come out to First Fridays at the Esquire Bar and meet some people in leather and pup gear. And And latex. And latex. And support a business that helps support the community Mm -hmm. and support this podcast. Yeah, good guys all around. Still have the Playboy uh, pinball machine. machine. (laughs) After you mentioning it, I... Yeah, checked it out because we were saying next to it. I'm like, yeah, it is Playboy. Okay. Yeah, and it it's kind of odd that that would be there in a gay bar. But, you know, hey, if it's making the money. I imagine it's rented. I, you yeah. Because I know it changes over time. So they probably just say, hey, send us a new one, change yeah. it up. And I don't know how much say they have in it. Yeah. Well, most, from my understanding of pinball in general, that they tend to be rented in those places that the bar puts up. X amount of a rental fee and then so much per play because the maintenance on pinball machines is brutal. There are so many moving parts. So, and plus you've got the ball banging into stuff all over the place. <laughs> they get used rough. Yes, rough. And that doesn't even count when drunken frat bros come in and destroy. Tilt it, bang it, try and get it. Well, smash the front glass. Yeah, lots of fragile parts, lots of moving, lots of lights. Things have changed with our fourth episode here. One thing you may notice as you're listening is we're in stereo now. (laughs) We we did the very complicated technical maneuver of turning the microphone 90 degrees. Yeah, the, the mic that we're using, which is a Zoom voice recorder, I don't remember the exact model, it is capable of stereo. It looks like it's the H1 handy recorder. Aha. Because I can see that side of it now. (laughs) (laughs) Purchased at Guitar Center. But yeah, it can do stereo. So, you know, once I got the hang of the basics of the editing, I thought, you know what? I'll turn it 90 degrees, have myself be more on one side, have Mike be more on the other. And that way all the extraneous mouth sounds I seem to make uh, can be edited out because in listening to episodes I realize I make a lot of noises when I don't mean to. A side effect of this, it will now probably take me twice as long to edit the episodes as it did when when we had it in mono. We are on the iTunes store, so please rate and review us on there. It helps us get more listeners, or so I'm told. I think, yeah, it, it gets... when. There's reviews. I think they realize, okay, people are listening, and and they, it gets higher up, and I don't know how. All, I hear all other podcasts begging for reviews, so. So we might as well beg for reviews, we be do, like we the beg. cool kids. Think of us on our knees, looking plaintively in your eyes. <laughs> I, I don't think that'll get reviews. That would get something completely different. Well, okay, give us the something different, but also reviews. So. <laughs> Yeah, if, if we're not proud, the things we will do for reviews yeah, doesn't need to be a positive review. The the things that I've done. give us give us horrible one star reviews. Oh. We'll, we'll read them online. Yeah, horrible one star reviews. Sure, we'll we'll read those out live and we'll name names. 
Yeah, uh, because, you know, don't do it comedically because that yeah, probably does hurt us in the long run. But, yeah. you know, but if you're going to give us a one star, be prepared to be shared. Yeah, I mean, you can, if you want to give us a comedic, horrible review, still give us five stars and tell <laughs> us how much you hate us while giving us five stars. I think the stars are the important part. So, yeah, yes. be honest in your stars, but then say whatever you want. I do want to thank Matt Baum. He tweeted out about this podcast said we were filthy. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. We try. We are proud of our explicit tag. That's spooky now. I mean, no, it's, I mean, I've listened to The Sewers of Paris for a while, and even before I knew, you know, you had done an episode, I, I was aware of it, and so then when that came up, I'm like, oh, wow, so Matt Baum, he's like someone I've listened to, so I'm having my little, now he's noticed us or heard of us, it's like, oh, no. Senpai noticed me. <laughs> well, yeah, and yes, I'm, I'm very like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's, it's scary. Thank you, Matt, for that, and of course, everyone, if you aren't already, please listen to The Sewers of Paris, great, great podcast, and his other podcast, Defining Marriage. We have hit the limit on the free hosting of SoundCloud. They give you three hours, and so that's part of the reason why episode two was a little bit shorter, so that we could go over a little bit on episodes one and three. So now this little hobby is costing me money, which, well, you know, most hobbies... End up All good money. hobbies should cost so yeah. much money. Yeah, I mean, so I've spent money. enough money on knitting, and so right now this is costing us about 15 bucks a month for a pro account there. So to help offset that, if you would like to leave us a tip, you can through PayPal to harryprone at gmail.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y, prone, at gmail.com. Okay. Oh, and Mike would like to apologize. <laughs> because I'm overly sensitive and terribly PC. Actually, I try to be politically correct my version of political correctness is simply being aware of what you're saying and how it can impact someone and so you know i'm all for that um listening to older episodes i noticed a couple of times i said things that made me cringe in listening one was talking about trippers and the munches and i was talking about how we get this edited menu because they don't want to deal with a large group and i was like oh it's like being in the back of the bus yeah that's really nice isn't it me as a white male kind of using decades, centuries of segregation and discrimination and, you know, the overcoming of that as the reason I can't order a calzone. Yeah, that's me being that kind of white guy. So, very sorry about that. You're um, white? <laughs> Never would No, known. you know, yeah, pinkish, beige. Yeah, I, I'm nerdy, so I'm neon yeah. white. I glow. <laughs> um, the second thing was something similar. Um, in my frustration about not being able to crochet or figuring out crocheting, I'm like, little old women can do this. Hey, there's me saying, oh, if you're older or a woman, I'm better than you. Because how can I not do this thing that you can do? Again, kind of comedic, kind of funny, not that horrible, but is pretty insensitive. So, especially if we have a contingent of elderly african-american women listening to us ladies i'm very sorry for what i said we might i, I don't know i have not blessed their heart <laughs> we need all the listeners we can have yes but no I, but seriously yeah that's just me unconsciously trying to be funny and not really realizing what i'm saying or the impact of the words until i hear them and then as i judge other podcasts i listen to i need to judge myself and those two situations were not I think horrible, but not terribly sensitive. I had a similar experience a while back. I used to be a supervisor in a call center. We changed our time tracking software to one called Kronos with a K. Kronos mm -hmm. with a K. And people need to send in their corrections. So I thought I would be cute and send out the Kronos correction kit. Oh, dear. The KK, yeah. Somebody got offended enough to bring it up to my boss. So, yeah. That... Because, you know, it, it, yeah, you had to make, I mean, it would be one thing if it was kind of accidental, but correction is a C, so. Yeah, but Kro you... Kronos was already misspelled with the yeah. K, and I was yep. just riffing off of that, and I was like, oh, Deary me. Yeah, it, you know, this egg makes a terrible <laughs> facial. And I think that's the other part of political correctness. When you have made a mistake, you honestly apologize if someone has taken offense. Not, you know, oh, I'm sorry if you were offended. But no, an honest like, 
oh, you're offended. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. You know, yes. it was not my intent. But because, yeah, it's like when people are like, oh, well, they're just too thin skinned. No, don't denigrate their offense. <laughs> just accept it and move on. But yeah, also, no, I'm offended by the Kronos with a K because there's uh, what, Kairos? which is a different kind of time in Greek. And so it's like, that it does have K. That could have been. Because I guess, yeah. thanks to Madeline Langle and the Wrinkle in Time series, I know that Kronos is, I think, tick-tock time, like clocks, and Kairos is something different. I We will look it up and, <laughs> and it could talk been that. about next time. Well, I have one heck of a headache oh, from last night, where I... I drank more than I normally do. So you earned this headache. I earned this <laughs> headache. So last night was the first first Friday for Lansing Pups and Handlers. Woohoo. And I had a pleasant time. Mm-hmm. I showed, broke up my vest. Yeah. Which needs more flair. Yeah, I mean, on my vest I have the Lansing Pups and Handlers patch, which I've gotten you one yep. of those patches now for your vest, and I have a Mr. Friendly pin. Yeah, I need more flair. I've got two the two pins from the two IMLs I've attended. I just got a wristband for the IML that I attended, so Which I like yeah. the idea of I mean I love you know, I know someone who has a vest and was like I don't want to put things on it. I don't want to... It's like, no, that's what they're for. Yeah. They are kind of like the sashes with the merit badges for Boy Scouts. It's like it shows us events we've been to. It shows us groups we're with. And also, I think, you know, shows interest. Like, you know, some people have buttons for various things they're interested in. Not just kink stuff, but even outside stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, I've... You know, the only thing that I will keep empty on my vest will be the back. And I am saving that for a title patch. Hmm. If I decide to become a a sash queen, uh, I want to have that back of the vest available for the big... A boy can dream. uh, Yeah, a a pup can dream that that he may one day win international pup and handler. Hmm. That would be nice. I've known people who've won Mr. Michigan Leather, and I mean, I knew them before they won it, so it's like it's not... You know, it's not that huge community that you you know you will probably quite possibly know these people before they you know kind of go up the ranks and I, start competing yeah, i actually have a title vest and belt for mr detroit eagle 95 96 mm-hmm. i found it for a steal in a second hand shop oh and they had no idea the history of it or where the it came history from of it where it came from i've asked around to some of the elder statesmen of Detroit Leather. Mm -hmm. They don't recall. Hmm. The Eagle itself closed in 2010, so I can't ask there. Hmm. I sent an email to IML, thinking that this might have been one of the feeder contests to IML. Okay. And they said, we'll have to dive through our archives and get back with you eventually. Another one, did you check with MML? Uh, Mr. Michigan Leather? I did not. I should. Because I think, yeah, because I think, yeah, I think that's another step in the chain of the bars kind of nominate someone and that's sent on and then whoever wins, I think, Mr. Michigan Leather moves on to IML. I don't know how it really okay. works, but I I think, I know it would that would make sense. I will send an email to the Mr. Michigan Leather guys. And it might be smaller and the, the, the records they need to dig through might be more manageable than what IML might have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, a shoebox versus a filing cabinet. Yes. Yes, and I want to put a name with that, and then when I have that name... Also to find out how it came there in case it's something that was um, indirectly lost by the person, or if it was just something that, like, I don't want this anymore. No, I I want the name to either return it to its rightful Mm -hmm. owner, whoever that happens to be. may not be possible, but Mm -hmm. it may have been that when he passed away... You know, somebody went through... The family said, what is the stuff here? Let's donate all the clothes. Let's donate everything, yeah. So if I can't return it to the rightful owner, I want a name to go with it when I pre- when I take it to the leather archives mm. because I am never going to wear that. Mm. I, it I did not earn that title, but I also couldn't see it sitting there in a secondhand store being purchased by someone as a prank gift or 
Yeah. Or, or just not given the respect it, it is due. Yes. So if any of our listeners happen to know who that was... We're sending it out to the ether. Yeah. Help us out here. So going back to the first First Friday... Myself and you yes. were there in a bit of leather. I had on a vest. A vest. I had vest and boots on. And street clothes. Just wearing a vest, that would be a very different look. <laughs> yes. I had my harness boots on. Papa Bear was mm-hmm. there. Elias mm-hmm. was there. And then Whiteout and Pupzilla showed up in, not head-to-toe latex, but neck-to-ankle mm-hmm. latex. In beautiful well cared for, accessible, squeezing in all the right places, latex cat suits. And uh, talking, yeah, hearing them talk, uh, like I said, it would be great. Um, I think Whitehead was talking about doing a video blog, a vlog, yes. eventually about latex, latex care. And yeah, it never occurred to me just how much care latex would take. Oh, I yeah. Mean, because, you know, yeah, leather, leather's durable. Leather it can be hurt, but it's forgiving. It, and latex, no, it's like, Oil, oil will destroy it. Like, yeah, just think how you know fragile condoms can be. I'm like, yes. yeah, this this thing that we've heard about, you know, oil will destroy it, and that shine fades with oxygen. Oh. So you have to store them right. Latex will react with a lot of metals. Latex is much more of an investment than leather is. I think it not just money, but also time and yeah. maintenance. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Okay. But yeah, it was fascinating. Um, I thought, you know, like I said, it was a small turnout, but it was the very first. Uh, we hadn't gotten the word out that much. A lot of people, who, so many people who would have been there were busy. I know some people I thought would want to be there were in Chicago that weekend. Yeah. Uh, other people just not available. And But it's one of those things. Um, I could see some people just seeing the, you know, the those of us around the table in the corner and saying, oh, that's a sad turnout. But it's like, no, it's the start of some. It's the beginning, yeah. White Out and Popzilla got... Uh, quite a bit of attention. Oh, from, yeah. From Someone took the, their picture. They yes. were chatting. But it looked like they were also out there and talking to the crowd. I yes. was a wallflower. Yes. I stood, but I was so tired. This has been a long week. And I was already burned out by that point, And I was yeah. there to support the thing. But I was not going to participate. I was sipping my Diet Coke in the corner just... Do, do you want to tell our listeners why you have been run so ragged this week? Oh, yeah, just too many things in life. Uh, work's been busy, but also I sing in Lansing out the Gay Men's Chorus and our concerts this weekend. Our concert is tonight. And so we had our, we call it Hell Week, where we just had to practice pretty much most every evening and get ready. And there's a lot of fit, setting up the stage. It was just a lot of stuff going on. So, and also a company Christmas party. That's, I just left from there. So I think that had tapped out my socializing meter and it's like no but i want to support this there's another party i completely blew off some friends were having a house party i'm like no yeah. go home go to bed yeah so uh, yeah so i just been a busy week and things will be much better monday when well tuesday when there's less thing wednesday when there's less things to do yeah. see it just keeps growing the holidays so next first friday mm-hmm. is that on january 1st that is going to be on january 1st well better than being on december 31st yes <laughs> so assuming that the esquire is actually open True. on the first which i haven't confirmed yet uh so right now as long as the esquire is open on the first that will be our first friday if they are actually closed for new year's day we will push it to the 8th and by that time we will have a six by three banner with our club colors uh, and Lansing Pops and Handlers spelled out, and we'll be able to hang that on the wall. Pork Chop can uh, help us get that. And also, there'll be more time to get the word out. And also, yes. I think uh, some people who might have been there would not are not there because I think this weekend is also the weekend of MFF, Midwest Fur Fest, a furry convention that happens in Chicago. Okay. And I know of some people who I think I've seen at prior events because, you know, it's the Venn diagram of, I think pups and furries yeah, yeah, pup, has crossover. Yes, much overlap. We are not the same, but there is quite a bit of overlap between pup and furry. So I, I know people who probably would have been there, but are in Chicago. Yeah, and it seems like every time I try and do something with Lansing Pups and Handlers, something else is happening at the same time. The last Lansing Pups and Handlers bar night at the Esquire mm-hmm. was the same day as Oktoberfest. And then the month before that, 
was the same day as Lansing Jazz Fest. <laughs> Which means Turner Street and Old Town turn into a big party, and it can be hard sometimes just going through the crowd to get to the bar. Yep. It also means the bar might be filled with a bunch of, you know, well, as I would put, muggles. Yes. Non-gay and non-leather people who are just in there to get a cheap drink and are, like, looking around saying, who are all these people? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, Esquire made a killing the night at the Jazz Fest. They... They had a $5 cover that night. Just to walk in the door, you had to pay 5 bucks. Normally. Yeah, it's never more than two. Yeah. Right? So, good on them. Mm-hmm. But I'd say it was a successful evening. Um, like I said, even though I was quiet and not feeling social, I had a good time. It was, you know, I met and talked to people in the real world that I've only seen online before. So, it's like, cool. That's what it's about. Yeah. And I think it can only grow. All right. This section of A Hairy Prone Companion is brought to you by America's Plum Farmers, who reminds you that plums can be inspirational. The Chinese tell the story of Cao Cao, how he was marching his army through the desert, and and his soldiers were dropping like flies, like you do when you're marching through the desert. You get hot, you get thirsty, you collapse. To inspire his men, he rode out front and said, Men, I see a plum forest on the horizon. Their mouths started watering, they got energetic, and they were able to double-time it out of the desert to the plum forest that wasn't actually there. But plums can be inspirational, and just the thought of a plum can give you energy, so why not try the real thing? It's even better. This has been a big week of firsts for us, not only the first first Friday with Lansing Paw, but I dragged you... I don't want to say kicking and screaming. No, I went very willingly. To your first dungeon party. Same dungeon that I talked about on the last episode. He tends to have two events in November and then not have one in December. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was a person's private home that is looks very well appointed. The owner uh, had, I think, uh, worked in the medical supply industry, so he has many, many fascinating toys that have been uh, repurposed for uh, recreation, shall we say. Yes. Also, a lovely collection of uh, furniture that is, I think, necessary for any dungeon. There's, like, the inspection table, definitely a sling, St. Andrew's Cross, the Amsterdam box. That was fascinating. Tell people what that Amsterdam box is. It's kind of like a very can. narrow, a very shallow closet that has a lot of straps attached to the back. So basically, I guess someone gets immobilized and strapped in and then enclosed into a very refined, uh, restrained spot. Yes. But, and then, but also standing there. So yes. it's kind of... So vertical bondage, and you probably didn't notice it because I know Mark didn't show these up. There are two sliding panels yep. in the front. One at the face mm-hmm. and one at the crotch. Ah. Which, uh, so... You have full access to everything you need, even when somebody's bound up in there. Um, didn't get used that night. And I, there, yeah, but... Um, it, yeah, the, it doesn't yeah. often get used. Mm-hmm. It it takes a lot of setup and a lot of breakdown. Plus, not a lot of people like to get bound up vertically. Mm-hmm. So, Well, yeah, uh, it was, uh, what, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'd come home, was ready to be boring and do some work or house stuff. And I got the text from you saying, hey, you want to go to a, I think you said spaghetti dinner and tree trimming at a dungeon. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a wonderful bit of queerness to, you know, even out the normality of uh, the the holiday weekend, or I should say the non-queerness of the holiday weekend. (laughs) And um, yeah, so it sounded fun. Um, Went and uh, like you said, it's a, a person's condo. That is about the only, I not trouble, but downside to the spaces. It is very, you could say, cozy. It's actually a good it size, it's a good size apartment. But he just has so many things there, and the ceilings are about. I'm six foot one, and my head was just touching, you know, ductwork at a couple places. And I know he has many things hanging from there, um, a lot of the accessories, and that's about it. So I saw, you know, with flogging happening, you can't necessarily get the whole overhand swing. No. And 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 it's there's people usually maybe not within arm's reach, but close. At at least within earshot. Yeah, and um, that's the other trouble yeah. was um, I know some people were doing a scene in the corner and they were kind of like wishing that people were not having conversations down in the dungeon, which does sound like a bit of protocol that in that space many people you know there's a reverential 
atmosphere to the space for many people. Mm -hmm. So they don't want people just kind of chattering or having conversations. But the upstairs, which was, you know, food and people mingling and talking could get filled very quickly. Yes. So I can understand why there was, over, you know, I felt guilty of that because I was just in the corner, you know, watching stuff and then kind of have, you know, talking too. And I didn't realize just kind of the uh, missteps or I was doing at the time. And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, being a chatty Kathy. We were having a conversation down there, but at that time, most of that conversation that we were having was in regards to everything that was hanging up on the walls mm -hmm. and the ceiling. Yeah, it wasn't just visiting. It was... It, it was kink talk, yeah. Being shown the various instruments and stuff and how they would be used. And I don't know how long he's been in that spot, but, you know, it looks like there's quite a bit of history there. I mean, I was seeing yes. trophies on the wall, pictures of scenes, you know, years past, you know, posted around. Quite a very neat space. Yeah. He has been there... I'm not sure exactly how long he's been there. I have been to his parties... Back in 2000. Okay. So, and even then, 95% of the stuff that you saw there was still was there back then. Everyone was very nice to me. You know, knowing that I was, you know, a newbie. Mm -hmm. um, not my first play party. I've been to one play party in the Lansing area that was, like, offshoot of the Munches. Uh, so, predominantly a straighter crowd. Okay. But very similar. Upstairs, there was a potluck. People brought food, mingled, chatted. And then you go into the basement... For you know, scenes and uh, I mean there was a di very different energy. The um, the energy at this one was much more sexual. Yes, you know that's the thing I noticed with the other play party was there were the scenes were their own thing and they weren't necessarily about foreplay or sex. It was just the actual you know the flogging or whatever was being done was the end to itself. This one, I mean, but I think you can get that with gay men. Yes. I mean, I've been to actual house parties that have turned into semi-orgies, and it's like, it's something gay guys often do. In this case, yeah, there was much more sexually charged in that basement. Yes, and I think you were the, well, you and... I think the, there was one other who were owner, not... Yeah. Oh, okay. There were only a few, but the majority of people, especially when they were down in the basement, pants tended to disappear rather oh. quickly, Except for yours. <laughs> no, I can remember one other person was keeping his pants on. But yeah. I, but I think there was some jewelry that was being uh, removed and being cleansed. And so there was some exposure at that point. Yes, but, yes. But that was more functionality than, you know, yeah, exposure. Yeah. Lots of kissing, lots of groping. Mm -hmm. And very, I mean, it was a lot, a lot of affection I saw, too. Yes. That's something that, you know, it wasn't just a mechanical, like, yeah, let's get it on. It was, no, these are people who've known each other and, are, you know, truly showing affection to each other so that was nice and i had at least two people separately check in with me knowing that i was new and the first time there they're like how are you doing is this too much because they said some people have seen it and been like oh i this is too much and fled and i was like no no i'm this is fine for me but it was very nice for them to check in to to make sure i was okay yeah the dungeon master's testicle collection can <laughs> freak people out well it was the first because you had mentioned it it's like oh show him this and you know ask about this and then he shows it to me before i really had a chance to talk to him and there was that little degree of menace as he's talking about how he's collected some of them and i'm like okay is this just like you know a little bit of newbie hazing and like let's push or is this like what have I stepped into? <laughs> and, you know, I, I think it was just like, oh, let's see how he reacts when we say something kind of scary to him. Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. <laughs> I had a good time. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed myself, too. Like I said, I was a wallflower, and but I talked to, oh, talked, had many conversations with people and, yeah. and uh, met some new people there. So it was a good event for me. I got to see in person a toy that I had only seen online, mm. and that and I think you saw it too, was the elephant trunk. Oh, yes. That, that is, I've talked about previously, maybe not on the podcast, but in general, I've talked about varsity level kink. Okay. That's PhD level kink. <laughs> I mean, that, I laid it out and if I, it, it went all the way up to my diaphragm. It's a big, long Yeah, toy. basically, it's a, yeah, a dildo that's shaped exactly like an elephant trunk. Yes. You know, and it's a good size. Yeah. Hefty. It's got some nice mass to it. It will stand up on its own if you just plop it down. And a nice combination of 
soft on the outside, but an, a nice solid core mm-hmm. to it. The gentleman who brought it was having some digestive issues and was not able to play with it mm-hmm. that day. So something to look forward to in the future. <laughs> and then apparently I have gained a reputation at that dungeon as the flogger. At DBC, I'm the fister. Here, I'm the flogger. I gave a couple of guys a nice good flogging, and then I was the target for another guy's first time with a flogger. Oh, oh! I think I was upstairs having a conversation at that point. Because Perhaps. I was upstairs and had a very interesting conversation around the, the table, and things where I know were going on downstairs. <laughs> yes. So the gentleman who brought the elephant trunk toy mm-hmm. also brought a series of floggers. And... This guy wanted to try flogging somebody for the first time. So Mr. Elephant Trunk talked him through the general parts of it, and I grabbed onto the St. Andrew's Cross and said, hey, use me. The ceilings are low there, so you can't really do the -the Mm over-the-shoulder, over-the-head flogging that a lot of people like to do. I will often, especially for someone who likes being flogged and is experienced with Mm -hmm. it in that setting... I'll take a baseball stance, uh, a batter stance, and mm-hmm. two-hand it uh, across their back, and then you know do the one-hand follow-through. And that's what I liked about you know from describing that. Yeah, I, I saw you know, your you know scenes with working with someone, but yeah, I like the idea that you know someone a newbie was getting instruction from yes. someone um, you know because that's why I see dungeon parties are about. It's not just a place that you can. Do what you like to do. It's also a place where you learn. I mean, you see things mm-hmm. done because you know. How do you know really what kink really click for you until you've actually either experienced it or seen it in action? Right. You know, you can read erotica. You can you know sometimes videos are enough, but sometimes the actual act of seeing it, it's like, oh yeah, this is. And a lot of times, just seeing someone, um, you know, react. I mean, that there's so many things that weren't a thing for me until I saw someone who really enjoyed it doing it, and then suddenly it's like, oh. Okay, and then there's a little kernel of, yeah, there is something to be for this. Right. And it's very different seeing it in person Mm -hmm. and seeing everything that's involved with it as opposed to just seeing it online, seeing the added porn where you don't see the setup, you don't see the breakdown, you don't see the aftercare, Mm -hmm. you just see the top levels of it. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some people who learn best by actually experiencing. And, and I think, yeah, that's, I kind of, you know, wish I'd been down there. I've seen demos of flogging. I've been to um, uh, Leo, Lansing Education Organization, mm-hmm. does classes. And I think they had one on flogging. I know I've been somewhere where there was a good description of it. And I took notes. But yeah, it was, it was a good event. I was very glad that you invited me. And, you know, like I said, um, I... Gave my email, so I'm on their you oh, know, list. Um, I haven't received anything yet. I don't think anything's no, been sent out. No, because I know they're not doing a December event. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you likely will not get an email from the Dungeon Master until just before the January party. But, yeah, you know, in the future, if I'm available, you know, I'm more than willing to attend other events. So Cool. Yeah. And uh, I would be happy to, uh, to take you to Detroit for... Either the DBC or the Number Six Dungeon parties, or oh yeah, that'd be yeah. I know there's a lot of probably carryover similar people. Yes, but yes. also I mean a different venue, so that would be interesting. Yeah, the and it would be like me it was it would be me like the Munches when I first started attending Munches in Lansing. I interacted enough to be, you know not to seem you know like the crazy loner sitting off to the side, but the quiet wallflower who would interact but was watching mostly until I felt knew enough people and felt more comfortable and then would take part in conversation in that. And this will be probably something similar. I'll be the mm-hmm. wallflower watching until I've developed a rapport and uh, at least an acquaintanceship with many of the people. And then I'll probably feel more comfortable to participate. Well, look forward to it. And <laughs> yeah. So next week is Detroit Bondage Club and their monthly play party. Mm. So, yeah. And I'd be happy... If there's anybody in Lansing who wants to carpool down there, you know, Mike, I know you, I've vetted you, so mm-hmm. I, you know, I know that you would have a good time at these things, but you know, if we can 
I can see some people, you know, not yeah. knowing what it is, and if they're uncomfortable, if you drove with someone else, you're kind of trapped until they're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. And but, then, you know, and then what do you do? It's like you, like, I could be somewhere else this evening, and yeah. I'm wasting my time because this isn't my thing. And it's like, oh. Well, but I do have one other person who specifically wants to go to these parties, but he can't go to DBC's because he will be flying back from Orlando. Okay. That day. And, and this is on the 12th? Yes. Okay. So, yes. Uh, yes. De, uh, yeah, December 12th. One week from the day that we are recording. Yeah, we're okay. recording on the 5th, so yeah, the 12th. So, yeah, he's coming back from Orlando at about 10.30. His flight gets in. And, yeah, he said, I would be in no mood to drive an hour to Detroit. Like, I don't blame you. We'll, we'll catch up in uh, January. And I think their January party is going to be on the 2nd of oh, okay. January. So. I, you know, I could might be up for that one. Um, can't do next week. Uh, okay. Sat- Saturday is spoken for. I already just begged off on other plans that friends were trying to do. But it's like, nope, that would be triply booked. And <laughs> So we might have a foursome then, because I've got one other person interested in that. In January, we might just invade the DBC. <laughs> hey, a, a Lansing contingent could be wonderful. I mean, like I said, we that's what we're doing. We're kind of rebuilding kind of a public Lansing scene. I mean, Lansing yes. has a scene, I think, but I think it's quieted down to just people kind of doing their own thing in other cities. And if we can just say, hey, you know. Yeah. I don't always want to have to drive out to Detroit or Grand Rapids or Douglas Dunes to have a good time. And Lansing is a great spot because not only do you have Lansing people but then it's equidistant for the other two edges of the state yeah, to I come mean, in. So I mean yeah, if we I could mean, develop something going on regularly here it would draw you know most of the lower Yeah peninsula. I mean you swing out an hour you've got Grand Rapids you've got Saginaw you've got Flint you've got Detroit you've got Jackson mm-hmm. you've got Kalamazoo Battle Creek. And um, we even had people come from Traverse City to one of the first uh, puppet handlers and things, which yes. surprised me. Yeah, that blew my mind that they would come that far, but hey, I, cool. Thank you. Hopefully I can draw you back. <laughs> yes. Okay. And, all right, so one side effect of this is I can't see how long we've been recording. Okay. It's about the time that we move on to Act 3. Act 3 of A Harry Prone Companion is brought to you by Tom's All Night Diner. Please pay no attention to the rumors that are floating around on the internet that we are going to be sacrificing seven virgins at exactly the winter solstice. There is absolutely no truth to these rumors whatsoever. At all. We promise. Seriously. Stop calling us. On a completely unrelated note, Tom's All Night Diner will be expanding its hours starting on December 22nd. Tom's All Night Diner. Open 24 hours, just not in a row. Eat in the dark. Feel better about your life's choices. Okay. So, because Matt Baum did tweet us out, and we have gotten some more listeners, with a new, with new listeners, with actual listeners, and actually Hello. the podcast app. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome. Welcome. We got our first piece of email from a listener. He used his real name, did not get explicit permission to use his real name on the air, so I will not, but I will. So we will protect you this time. <laughs> Here's what we got from the listener. Hello, I found your podcast through a tweet by Matt Baum. Yay. I'm an infrequent knitter and kinkster. A friend who leads a rope bondage group one day mentioned that he wanted to learn macrame or crochet to make a rope cod piece. I went to the Google and searched for patterns and adapted one to fit his needs. Below are the two styles I whipped up for him. No pun intended. Oh, yes, you did intend that pun. I used a light worsted weight yarn. Wish I could find a nice hemp yarn, but couldn't find a retailer in my area, and the interwebs let me down. There was interest among his rope group for the jock version, but I'm not happy with the cotton rope, which kind of looks like a clothesline. Uh... Not happy with the cotton rope. There was also some discussion about the second peekaboo design being a bit too immodest, which still confounds me. Once again, love your podcast. Hope you guys have a great holiday season. Ah, thank you. Thank you. And so he did include pictures of the rope and knit jock. Yes, it is knitted, uh, as I can 
Yeah, you're, I saw the picture. Um, yeah, I, I like the the jock part of it. Yeah, the rope. Yeah, it does kind of look like clothesline paracord. I'm wondering. Par- yeah, paracord might be about work. the same size, and you could get a variety of colors, and you know, yeah. so that might have yeah. worked with that and project. Yeah, I'm looking at the second one that has kind of a peekaboo design, but I mean, the peekaboo is up high enough that all you'd really see would be pubes. I don't know. And I don't think you wear a jock to be modest and hide things. I mean, no, you wear it to be, you know, no. No, no. You, you if wear, you're wearing a jock and it's visible, I yeah. Yeah, you're you're wearing a, a jock to stay just on the right side of the law. I mean, especially when it's related to something kink, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like at DBC, a lot of guys will you know just slip on a jock when they're upstairs and to advertise that. No, I'm resting right now. Oh, um, kind of a hey, nope, just taking a break. T- yeah, oh. taking a break right now, as opposed to when they're fully naked, like it's playtime. So I wrote back thanking him for his support and saying that the only hemp yarn that I could find was also mixed with wool, Mm. which he mentioned that making, knitting a jock like that from raw wool would be an interesting CBT session, Mm -hmm. which uh, it seems like it would just be an aggravating CBT session because to me, when I have done CBT to other guys, it's been very much about the intense sensation okay. of the CBT. Not a low level of irritation? Yeah. I mean, the, the low level of irritation from the wool just, yeah, I don't. All t- you know, all kinds. I mean, I know some you know guys who like prefer, you know, like the smaller kind of those little tiny uh, clothespins. Mm-hmm. So each individually, not so much. But when you have, you know, a crotch full of those. Yeah, I don't know how intense. I'm sure it is intense, but it seems to me yeah. more like, you know, death by a thousand bites. Well, and little clothespins actually hurt more and are more intense than big clothespins. Because wow. you, you've got less area that you're applying that pressure to. So, so, so just, to that unnamed emailer, thank you very much. It's nice to hear that people are listening to this, which surprises the heck out of me, actually. <laughs> to be honest. Because, you know, I know it's on iTunes, but, you know... How do people find these things? And well, you know, through Matt Dobbs' tweets, apparently. I and thank you, Matt. Again, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Matt. In the knitting world, I am grumpy because my Tom Baker scarf disappeared. Mm. I I hope somebody found it and is using it who needs it, and that it didn't end up somehow. How much? Garbage. How long did you have it before it was gone? Three years. I oh, okay. It's, yeah. I thought it was something you had just worked on. No, no. Yeah. I I had had that for a few winters okay. now, but still, that was a lot of time and energy going into that project, and I am pissed <laughs> that I lost it. I know. I think does everyone have a because I know when you. That's I think the difference um, with and one of the reasons that I think shows why people do knit. Um, it's. It's a personal thing that you're putting your own time and energies into this item. So it means more than something you just might buy. Like I said, if you had bought a Tom Baker scarf and it disappeared, you'd be like, oh, nuts. I'm out that much money. But that's all you're out. Yeah, no, I'm out that much time. And it means I have to knit myself another scarf. And I had a similar experience where a friend knitted me uh, one of those, uh, the Mobius strip kind of scarves. Yes. this super soft yarn. I love that scarf. It was a great dark green color i loved it and misplaced it somewhere and um and i still even now regret that because it's like not only was it a great scarf but it had been made by a friend so there's that kind of emotional investment to it that you know i'm a big softy and yeah have you know yeah emotional pack rat is what i call myself so yeah <laughs> uh sentimental value means a lot to me and that you know so in losing that that also went away and i was like so yeah i can understand the being bummed Right now I'm working on in rib stitch with team... And ribbing is when you knit one purl one, knit one purl one? Yes, knit one purl one, knit one purl one. And so that way all of the... So you've got everything going on to one side Mm -hmm. and then to the other. And so the side effect of that is it looks a lot like stockinette stitch. It Mm -hmm. looks like all knits, but from both sides. Mm -hmm. So when you've got color changes, you don't get like you would when you just garter stitch, where you would see mm-hmm. the, oh, the two yes the, the two colors cross over each other. That's why I'm saying on my 
Tom Baker scarf every time yes. I change because I'm just doing garter stitch, and so anytime there's a color change, you have that one row of kind of both. Yes, and sometimes that can be used to good effect. I prefer to do the ribbing to hide it. Because mm-hmm. I think my first scarf was knit to pearl to, and yes. that makes a very nice, uh, you know, uh, Which stretchy I, kind of. Yeah, I actually have one of those. So if we hang on for just one moment. And yeah, that was my first scarf, and I oh I gotta find that scarf. It's buried somewhere. It was some great yarn too. That oh the colors. It was a nice. Um, I don't can't remember the brand, but it was a really great brand of scarf. Oh yep. Oh yep. Yes. So I do have. This is actually my husband's scarf that I made for him in a color called cornbread. I can see that. It's uh, kind of golden yeah. with flecks of. Yeah, flecks of. Well, ba- bacon and chives chives and yeah fl- flex of other colors yeah. but yeah it it's it was called cornbread on there and i had some extra a, a couple of extra so i add this mm-hmm. panel in the middle and i did this in knit to pearl too and that also hides mm-hmm. the uh color change but it's a more a more definite rib yes where there seems to be a, a stretchiness to it, yes. uh, yeah, the yeah, width wise, it, yeah, it's got a lot, lot more stretch to it. The knit one pearl one will stretch a bit, but if you just look at it from a distance, you don't really see ribbing; you just see a consistent and thicker knit. So that's that's one of the reasons why I like that. One of the nice, I don't know how I've gotten it to work out, mm-hmm. but through mm-hmm. manipulating the tension a little bit on the scarf and this team spirit yarn i've been able to get so that the color change happens at the end of a row so don't say you don't know how say you meticulously plan this to be and then people will be more impressed you know we don't make mistakes we have happy little accidents this was a happy uh little accident so it is going to yeah end up being because i measured and yeah each color section is the same length okay this is a very consistent it is designed to make a striped whatever it also you know my working with this so now i have another project that i want to work because when i finish this i'm going to go and make the final season tom baker scarf okay we talked about that before the colors on that so i have not started on that i want to finish this off and this is just going to be one, one sky, and however long it ends up being, that's how long it ends up being. And I have not really done anything, because... You, you've been you've been singing. Yeah, and singing, and singing. And God singing. damn. I mean, it's the point of the season where you're kind of tired of the music. You've worked with it a lot. We're looking forward to the concert. Yes. But we, it's like, okay, we're tired of these songs. We've heard them and sung them too many times. We're ready to have other people experience them, and then move on to them. We're, you know, at this stage, you're always kind of chomping for the next season's stuff. It's like, ooh, but it's the work part of it. But looking forward to it should be fun. I won't be able to attend the concert, but I have heard you guys before. I mean, you're you're an amazing group. You, you, guys, you guys do really well. Um, <laughs> and a little myth that my work schedule does not allow me to... Well, not audition. You, you guys don't need audition, but I can't. I can't make rehearsals. Oh, I see. Yeah, we're always looking for more people. So if you in the Lansing area and you want to hang out with a good group of guys and do some fun stuff, Tuesdays at seven o'clock is when we do our rehearsals. So if you're free that evening, please check them out. Lansingout.org, I believe, is the website which yeah. has all the information about when we're gonna. I think somewhere mid January when we'll have our call in for the spring and the. Um, Interesting thing is uh, this next season, a lot of rock and roll will be in uh, the show. Uh, we're taking parts of that show to Gala, um, which I think is the Gay and Lesbian Choir Association, something like that. They have a, every four years they have a big festival and it takes place in Denver, Colorado this coming summer in July. Cool. The chorus went to the Montreal one years ago and we finally said, hey, let's do it again. So uh, that's what we're building up toward is, so if you want to, go with a bunch of other men to denver to sing please join us in the spring you don't have to be gay no uh you, you don't even have to be a uh, man by our charter we do not discriminate if you can sing a men's part that's all we ask if you can be tenor to bass uh you are welcome to join us so it doesn't matter gender orientation or species if you can sing the if, music if, if you're you welcome can, if you can sing the parts and I'm feeling bad about my singing recently because I sang karaoke and I felt so 
flat. <laughs> I that's it's funny because people say you're in a choir. Why don't you do karaoke? Because that was one of the things on the first Friday. They happened to have karaoke was the entertainment at Esquire, and um, I'm always shy about karaoke. It, you're up there alone, and. It's probably with a song you have not practiced over and over. Right. Tonight I'll be singing, but I'll be singing with a bunch of other men, songs we've been working on for a while. So I feel comfortable with that. Karaoke, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, this yeah. is me singing. I can hear my voice. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and even, even when I was in church choir, I didn't like doing solos. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I have a really hard time. My pitch is not that great mm-hmm. unless I have another human voice nearby that mm-hmm. I can match to. Yeah. So put me, put me in the middle of the basses or the middle of the baritones. Yeah. and oh, so That's the trouble with the concert this season. For me, um, I'm usually at the edge of the bass section, and we kind of, you know, it, we from left to right will be the different sections. The setup this concert, uh, the baritones are directly behind the basses. So I'm right in front of the baritones. Oh, so no. So I am hearing it. Not only am I hearing different words at parts, but different notes. And it, oh. it will be fun. It, it, oh, God. Yeah. It, I, it, may, it has to up my game. I have to know my own music much better now. And that's my own thing. But I used to be next to this very strong bass who, because of scheduling, could not sing with us this season. I'm missing that so much. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Yes. Hours and, from now. Oh, God. Yeah, And... You know, guys like us would probably enjoy karaoke more if they had notes and not just words on the screen. Wouldn't matter to me because I don't read music. So I just hear the music from like when they we practice, someone's playing. I catch it from that. I catch it from the other people around me. So how are we doing? Uh, 55, 38. Uh, okay, so we, we've got a bit more time to go. Or, or we can be... Sh- I, I think we'll, we'll have a bit of a shorter one today because... My earned headache oh. is begging for attention, and there is a nice big bottle of Advil in the bathroom that's about to become a smaller bottle of Advil in the bathroom. And I have, um, yeah, and I have to, I think I ironed all my, the, the tucks in my shirt, but I still have to, or, and I want to go over the music one more time, so there's yeah. afternoon things to do. And, yeah, there's a pup party tonight mm-hmm. in Detroit, and I... I need to figure out what I'm wearing. I mean, do I, you know, how much do I pop out at that party? You know, it would be the place for it. It would. I mean, and they are going to have a mosh there. Yep. They they are going to have pads down. But I, I want to wear my boots because they're going to have boot blacks there too. Oh. And I've been, tr- you know, every time there's a boot black anywhere, I get them done because I'm trying to get them to, up to a high shine. And with that sound, hi Keith. <laughs> Come on in. We're we're just about done. We could I'm hear glad. you anyway. Because you have a flat tire. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, maybe I won't be going to Detroit tonight. Well, we've run out of time again. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, project photos, or PayPal tips to harryprone at gmail.com. Tweet at us. We are at HarryProneComp. Our theme music is Hotspot by Ox, used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We are your hosts, Sir Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. Wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night.